Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello, good morning. Welcome to Journey's Desk. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kokomlimi. We're on DTT because we're free to wear. Coming up this morning, over 2 million Ghanaians suffer from various degrees of mental illness. That's according to the World Health Organization as it intensifies initiatives to tackle the situation. Considering the numbers I've given you of 2.3, 2.4 million people. Current asset declaration law is a joke, ineffective and not fit for purpose. The verdict of former Auditor General Daniel Domelevo as he calls for an improved bill to enhance public accountability. The law as it stands at the moment is a joke, it is not effective, it, it is not fit for purpose. An Occupy Julobi House organizers announced series of protests in December if worrying economic conditions persist. In December, if things do not change, we're going to organize protest after protest every day. It's not going to be something three days. We're going to do it throughout the whole of December. We do not see things change. My name is Aisha Ryan. Do stay for details. The World Health Organization says almost 2.4 million Ghanaians could be suffering from various degrees of mental illnesses. The WHO says the situation calls for enhanced cooperation and infrastructure and technical support to revamp Ghana's wobbling mental health care system. We have uh, the council that we are working with. We have the civil society we are working with. Each of them is contributing in a way in ensuring that this initiative and other initiatives that will come continue, that they are sustainable, and that uh, uh, whatever we put in place continues to be operational. So yes, I think uh, going forward we're going to see better mental health services, but it's really all of us, including the media, that we need to really promote and advocate for these services to, to improve, just as we have advocated for other services like continental services, vaccination. Those services are there. Why can't we advocate for mental health, considering the numbers I've given you of 2.3, 2.4 million people? Working with the community, working with the civil society, we should be stru- start breaking these myths. If these myths around mental health are broken, it will become just any other another disease. We lived, when I was a bit younger, we lived in an era of HIV. People never spoke about HIV, right. but in whispers. Why? There was no medicine, there was no system. 
to really run HIV services. But when medicines became available, when uh, hospitals opened up for HIV, nobody talks about HIV as the way we used to talk about it or people used to talk about it. People have come to realize that it's a chronic disease which can be managed. It's the same with mental health. The area we accept that this is one of these chronic conditions that need to be managed, the better. Because some of the things that drive mental health need also to be managed. And some of them I mentioned earlier. Substance abuse. The pressures from our offices. We need to have some staff well-being programs in, in offices that will allow for staff that are under so much pressure to go and unwind. Because the, 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 the divide between flipping, as you yeah. call. Mm -hmm. Well, let's have a conversation about this worrying trend. I have been joined by Dr. Isaac Newman. He's a clinical psychologist and public relations officer of the Ghana Psychological Association. I'm grateful for your time, Doc. First, what could be accounting for 2.4 million Ghanaians suffering from various degrees of mental illness? So thank you very much for, for the time. And um, generally, we know that uh, mental illnesses, uh, the cause or the risk factors is multifactorial. So there are physical things, there are mental health things, there are social things, and also there are, there are even things under spirituality, right? So um, any chronic illness, any disability, you know, can even trigger that. Again, to genetic risk. So someone may have a genetic risk factor. For some mental illness, for example, depression, schizophrenia, and things like that, bipolar. And again, to uh, things as to about how people think, you know, about things, traumatic, you know, experiences, uh, things like uh, when people lose things, the challenge, some of the challenges they may go through even with life, social uh, related problems, including relationship problems, financial issues, uh, what do you call it, uh, culture and tradition and negative things around that. Now, social media has become a major thing in terms of uh, the risk for developing of mental health problems. You know, people learn all kinds of things, cyberbullying, you know, and comments on social media and things like that. You know, some research will tell you that majority of the people are addicted to social media. They use social media to cope with depression. You know, then also spirituality issues, people's belief systems, and uh, their goals in life they are not able to achieve. You know, some negative religious practices and abuse and all those things. You know, so usually it's multifactorial. And if you go into a person's life, you may have multiple things happening to them, even when it comes to adverse childhood experiences. You know, but you realize that low socioeconomic environments may have higher numbers than, you know, the higher uh, income countries because of the socioeconomic issues and unavailability of, you know, uh, or access to proper mental health care and education. And even professionals, inadequate professionals, to be able to handle uh, those uh, mental health-related issues. So usually it's multifactorial, yes. Now, from where you sit and from the uh, numerous um, cases you've had to deal with, what is the, uh, the, the factor that is on the rise? I mean, what would you say that is accounting for Ghanaians actually um, having various degrees of mental health illnesses? Well, we can say probably on top of the list, maybe socioeconomic problems. You know, when, when the, the country may not 
uh, have what it takes to take care of its citizens. It leads to all kinds of things. So social economic issues may be one of the major factors. Wow. So we know as we speak that there are a lot of challenges being faced by mental health authority. What's the role of society and government in resolving this? Because you've just mentioned that there are social economic issues. Yeah, well, so uh, let, let me say three things. I think that the education about mental health issues, the public advocacy and education of the masses is so important. When that is done, you realize that the risk may go down because people are able to take good care of themselves. And again, issues with stigma and those things may go down. So we need uh, you know, some you know, national drive on mental health education of the populace. That would significantly help. Then secondly, you know, policies about the training of mental health professionals and also you know, increasing uh, you know, access to affordable mental health care is also on the national level. It has to be done. So what we need is budget allocations and stuff for mental health-related issues, including them on the national health uh, scheme. And even private health insurance companies, uh, some of them don't even have it as part of the things that they take care of. So what it means is that if someone has a mental health problem, they have to deal with it by themselves. And that can create a lot of problems. Then also increase the training of mental health professionals. Currently, we are not enough. You may have... I'm not sure we even have, we're even up to 1,000 in terms of those who have been trained, accredited by the regulatory bodies. And you have to attend to you know, about 33 million people. You may have people who may not have been accredited yet. They are providing some mental health care for people. right? But we need to increase all those things. And thankfully this year, you know, the decriminalization of attempted suicide was one of the major things that I think that was done by Parliament of Ghana. That is really in a good way. Then now uh, it's also when it, you know if you compare to some years back, you know now access to mental health care is way better. Now because of governmental policies and stuff, you can actually walk into any hospital, right, or any clinic, and they are likely to have someone there addressing some uh, mental health issues. And even if they can't, they know where to refer you to. So we've come a long way. You know a lot of you know organizations have really worked. The councils and bodies in charge of mental health, including Ghana Psychological Association. You know, we have the Ghana Psychiatrist Association and all these people. They've actually done very, very well. Mental health authority and, 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 and people like that. You know, so I think on the level of the national, we've, we've come very, very far. People have really worked. And I think that the governmental policies, we need to do more. Uh, you know, do a lot has been done already. Dr. Isaac Newman, I'm grateful for your time. Uh, he is with the uh, Psychological Association of Ghana. Let's do other stories. Organizers of Occupy Jolobi House protests have served notice they will embark on a series of demonstrations in December during the peak of the Christmas festivities if the current state of affairs does not change. Speaking on the probe, the head of programs at Democracy Hub and a convener of Fix the Country, Benjamin Dako, said government has a duty to make life better for citizens. Anything short of that will be met with protests. We'll hear from him shortly. But first, Maxwell Ababa has a report on the final day of the three-day demonstration. The protesters singing Arise Ghana Youth as they block a car filled with personnel of the Ghana Prison Service.
the leader of the delegation pleaded, but the demonstrators would not budge. I should have been in your uniform. But you can't, but you can't, right? Can. You can't. So allow us to do for you. Okay. If I found place by demonstration, nobody's going anywhere. Oh. Nobody's going anywhere. If I found place on the Mabba Number demonstration, what do you have to tell us? Hundreds of vehicles were forced to use long alternative routes as the main 37 military hospital road became inaccessible. Negotiations between Director of Police, Welfare, COP, Happy Bachumisi and the protesters to clear the main road failed to reach a compromise. Many influential persons were there to lend support to the protesters. Some of them were criticized on social media for not openly declaring support for the demonstrators. Hip-like musician Kwaukesi says some of his colleagues in the entertainment industry are alleged to be in close ties with the government, which is why they cannot openly criticize. Um, things are not going right. You see, so I have to, I have to let the government know. I have to let the president know. I have to let the world know. All these people here are expressing their anger that things are not going well. So I'm here to, you know, support and be part of Ghana. And this is what we are doing. Everybody is suffering. It's, it's affecting everybody in this country. So we are, the government has to do something. Many of my police have been bought. Many of these artists who are not voicing out are politically motivated. They've been bought so they can't say anything. It happens. You know, we know most of them have been endorsed. They have endorsed the government in a way that whether, when things are going wrong, they can't voice out. We have not endorsed anybody. We endorse Ghana. We want a better Ghana. So that's why we are here. We don't care who is voicing out and who is not. At the end of the day, Ghana and the world will see that things are not going right. That's why we are out here. YouTuber Kodu Sheldon says he's standing up for his rights and does not care about the consequences. Displeasures, you understand. There are a lot of bad things happening in the country. There are a lot of uh, graduate unemployment, bro. They're finding a job in this country is a job. You understand? You see all these people here. Some of them have been in the house for four or five years. They don't have job. What do you want them to do? You think this is about somebody watching my video or somebody giving me validation? I don't care. If you like, so unsubscribe to my channel because I'm demonstrating. I am doing what I'm supposed to do. At the end of the day, yeah. you will know there. You will sit down there and know. Because you're shouting, they didn't sit down there. You understand? My own. I have done my own. I've done my part. I'm not. Physician Stoneboy says Ghanaians want to see a change in the current state of affairs. So we want to leave. The motorway with the toes that have been taken from years. I lost my knee to the accident on a motorway. Yeah. And you listed uh, out that one of I the listed, reasons why you decided to join this program. It's a major reason that I can never forget. I work with a titanium knee replacement in my leg. How can I ever forget that happened to me? And even up to today, people still die off of the motorway. Tires are blasting and all of that. Have we not raised enough revenue to be able to fix the motorway that Kwame Nkrumah built from yesterday? Yes. And I'm not standing here in the name of MPP, NDC, or CPP, or KKP. I stand here in the name of Ghanaians as I am. That's my brother. I'm one of them. The president is a Ghanaian. The police force are Ghanaians. The military are Ghanaians. 
So guess what? It gives me a lot of joy. In the beginning, I was a little bit just skeptical, but I had to stand because I always do to make sure that I come in because I don't really care about whoever wants to politicize my indulgence because that is not the reason. And that's the fear for many of your colleagues. That's the fear of many of my colleagues to... out there because they might want to, but then it can be politicized easily and they're going to be targeted and a lot. But I'm happy that this is not a lawless or a chaos or a harmful um, um, protest. We are tired. We are what? Tired. We are what? As the sun disappeared from the sky, the agitation to protest at the frontage of the Jubilee House became stronger. But hundreds of police officers made sure the demonstrators did not get close to the Jubilee House as they resorted to singing protest and freedom songs. My lady, my lady, come now, come now, wait, come now, come now, my lady, come now, 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 come I want to hear a story, come now, come now, come now, come now, come now, come now, what, what's your name? Nasiba. Nasiba. I can see, calm down, calm down, you calm down first, let's go, calm down, calm down, calm down, baby, calm down. You're very angry. I'm What's very angry. What's your story? I am very angry. I'm more angry at this morning. People are dying each day. The dying list is a machine in Kolebu Gospel. Do you know the number of people who died? A 24-year-old boy died this morning. His father is a teacher. His father is a teacher. Gave over 30 years of his life to the service. Could not afford transplants. Could not afford dialysis. 400 cities a week. What do you mean? Do you know how much taxes they check out every day? The cost of living. But you bring in flowers for your daughter's birthday. You bring a cake to celebrate 11. God will judge the government. Community mobilizer for fixed the country, Oliver Bakakoma, is optimistic that the protest will mark the beginning of a change. Today, on the dry, arid, and concrete asphalt of a road that leads to a house of shame, I have found family here. A family born out of adversity, but united by our diversity. We stand here as a reminder that we have built a new coalition of young people. A coalition that understands the value of resilience and the belief in justice. Today we stand here on the precipice of change. We gather in the spirit of African resilience and determination. We are reminded of the Ghanaian spirit, the never-dying Ghanaian spirit that has shaped the course of history to remind us that yes, we can. Ghana, our youth in their commitment have shown us that the dream of a new Ghana is possible. Together we have shown Ghana that the call for justice and freedom cannot be silenced, no matter the odds that are stacked against us. For the people of Ghana, I want to remind you that the youth you see today occupying Julobi House are purchasing tomorrow's freedom for your sake and for tomorrow's sake. By their blood and the tears they have shed today, we have exemplified 
the enduring spirit of your Sajifu for coming, Kuma. We can now hear from head of programs at Democracy Hub and a convener of Fix a Country, Benjamin Dakum, who says they will pour onto the streets if conditions remain the same. If you don't allow people to speak out and you try to suppress or try to compress your anger within, when it explodes, no one will be able to control it. So what we are currently doing is controlled anger. That is why we, we try to go through the process. Controlled anger? Yes, there is controlled anger. If you don't allow us to control this and you allow us to go out of the remits of the law, it might be dangerous for everyone else. That's why we, we keep on doing these things. And we, we have that fervent hope that government will one day listen. And like, like our position from Fix the Country, we do not think that the solution lies in the military. We, we still believe that democracy is what will give us a solution that we need. But then we, the people, have to be heard in this process. And we have to feel that when it comes to our state itself, the biggest opposition has to be we, the people. In Ghana here, within our political space, Basically, what we've been doing for some time now is the fact that we leave that opposition in the hands of parties to play for us. And we, the people, are laid back. The government hasn't respected Ghanaians, first of all, for them to demand respect from us. Um, secondly, like I, I was saying, we've given the government from now till end of November. What we know very well is that within December, they create a country where we can't live in it. They've, they've created restaurants and hotels for their sons and daughters for foreigners to come and enjoy our country that we are suffering in it. So dirty December is going to be turned into dirty demonstrations if we don't see anything change within Ghana here. Mm. And basically, that is what I have to say. So within December, if things do not change, we're going to organize protest after protest every day. It's not going to be something three days. We're going to do it throughout the whole of December. If we don't see things change. Ghana will be hit with fuel shortages soon following threat by Tanka Owners Union to halt the transportation of fuel across the country over claims some foreign nationals of taking over their business and that the local content law and the deregulation of the petroleum sector, the haulage of petroleum products across the country is reserved for indigenous Ghanaian companies. But according to the union, a Chinese firm behind the construction of an oil refinery at Tema Sintu has brought tankers to offload the petroleum products locally. Member of the union, Kwame Jantwa, tells my colleague Elton Bobby they will withdraw their services if nothing is done about it. You know that uh, quite recently a new refinery was built by the Chinese in Tema next door to the Tema oil refinery. And we have no challenge with that. But then we realize that they have brought in 600 tankers. They were they're saying they come to haul their product into other OMCs. And we were asking, does MPA know about it? Because for anything like that, MPA should be aware. The excuse they gave was that the refinery that they built, how they load the refined petroleum products into the tanker, they do it through the bottom and not through the top. And that most Ghanaian tankers do not have bottom loading. But that is not true. Nearly 90% of tankers in Ghana have both top and bottom loading. So what is their uh, intention? Why have they brought these 600 in? And we are of the opinion that they have brought it in to do haulage. And the challenge is that 
they can undercut because they are producing they can undercut and once they undercut that means they are competing with other petrol uh, uh, companies and then the next thing you see they'll have their own petrol garages and gradually they take over they have the money to bring in 600 trucks because they say the, the loading system is different but we can do the same we have the same loading uh, 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 mechanism now they will tell you that oh uh, they are going to hire people so let's say they hire 1200 people compared to the number of people we have over 5000 5000 of your members or people who directly get employment from you who get business from us drivers maids mechanics all those people maintenance people they live on the work we do so if you gradually now come and infuse your trucks into the system and you kill hours what happens the number of people that you you hire the 1200 they are less than those who are going to lose their jobs and lose their livelihoods so the threat here is that you fear this automatically or eventually will drive you out of business will kill the haulage business for guardians who are in it that is the fear the, the, the question is, if we look at the local content law, and if we have foreign nationals, you know, get into area reserved for Ghanaians, that should raise more concerns for you, isn't it? It raises more concerns, and government should have a look at it. Look, when we deregulated, at the time it was GMPC and those people who were distributing. When, the moment we deregulated, it was made that that portion should be given to Ghanaians. So if you see Shell, BP, all those, they have tankers, but it's not their tankers. It is our tankers. But because we pick for them, we live for them, we paint our tankers with their emblems. But they don't own the tankers. Why should the refinery now come and say, we have our own tankers and we are distributing? Tor, does Tor have its own tankers? MPO is a regulator. Do they have their own tankers? BDCs, who bring refined petroleum products, do they have their own tankers? They all depend on us. So if you are coming in, you are going to kill our business. And we've got to fight for it. And we, we, we have seen a correspondence between you and MPA. We've not seen MPA reply to your, your, your demands. Has there been any response from MPA regarding the concerns that we raised in this communication? We, have, we haven't heard anything from MPA at the moment, but I just heard this morning that MPA said they are going to have a meeting with Sentu. I am suggesting that the meeting they have with Sentu, we should be present because it involves us. Let all three uh, 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 companies sit down and go into it into detail and let them know that this thing can't happen. Do you know? And I heard that when they were building the refinery, they even didn't start with having a license. It took the MPA boss to go there and tell them that they should stop and get the license first. So you can see there is some malice aforethought and intent in there for what they want to do. When they started doing Galamse, what happened? Did they not take over? And their interest is to take over. And we can't sit for them to take over. We can't sit. The, the, the other question, and what we are hearing from some of your members, is that they intend to withdraw their services. And that will mean that they will stop hauling fuel across the country. The implications of this is what is of concern to a lot of people. Is that a vibe among your members? That if this is not addressed, they will draw their services, they will not transport fuel across the country, 
and that we're going to have a crisis on our hands. It is the last point of call that we would want to do. We are hoping that we can have some discussions. Authorities that be will sit and talk this thing through. But if our backs are, are, are hit against the wall, there will be no option for us to do that but to go on strike and not lift, unfortunately. And what will be the implications of this? Well, obviously, it's going to bring shortages into the country with products because these truckers who haul to the petrol garages so if they decide they are not going to haul again who suffers is the Ghanaian who suffers because of a foreign company no it can't happen that way it shouldn't it will be our last point of call but if we are not heard and things aren't straightened out then we will have no choice unfortunately so what is the level what, what is the feeling among your members is there fear that they stand on the verge of losing their businesses there's fear there's anger there's frustration there's we don't understand why families are a bit worried because the likelihood of the, their husbands and their businesses going down is great and most importantly we have gone for loans from banks to buy these trucks Former Auditor General Daniel Yaudomelevo has described the current asset declaration law as a joke and not fit for purpose. Domelevo's remarks come as discussions resurface about the ineffectiveness, the effectiveness of the law in light of special prosecutors' investigation into Cecilia Dapas' touched millions scandal. Speaking on News File, the former Auditor General said the asset declaration law in its current state is not fit for purpose. Mr. Domelevo called for the asset declaration bill to be improved to enhance accountability of public officials for purpose. So that brings to mind for me the need for us to take seriously the assets and liabilities declaration by public office holders in the country. You and I, we agree that uh, the law as it stands at the moment is a joke, it is not effective, it, it is not fit for purpose. If the declaration was properly done and verified, I think some of the uh, claims date as far back as, I think, 2005 or 2003. Maybe that's when she was in the previous uh, MPP administration. So we could have gone there to see whether those things were declared and properly verified and existed, and it would have helped the investigation and also published. So it would have been a public record. We would have all known that since those days, she had distance, and uh, there is nothing new to talk about it. But I also would like to suggest at this point in time, again, that uh, we still need to improve upon the assets and liabilities declaration, which is, uh, the, which is now in the form of a draft a bill uh, yet to go to parliament. But we should introduce lifestyle audit as a preemptive uh, measure to check or hold public officers accountable when we think their lifestyles are not in sync with their resources or income that are available to them. And in that case, we can be sure that we may be able to limit uh, the level or the extent to which public funds can, uh, can be abused by the public office holders. 
Daniel Domelevo is former Auditor General, now a 27-year-old male attendant at Wisdom Gas Refill Station at Katamanso in the Kung Katamanso Municipality, is receiving treatment at the Tema General Hospital over a fire outbreak at the station Sunday morning. Tema Regional Public Relations Officer of the Ghana National Fire Service, Ebenezer Yenzu, told Joy News that personnel received a distress uh, call over the fire around 5.54 a.m. He says after initial assessment, there was a need to bring in additional fire equipment from a shaman and other places to help. Tema correspondent Kwame Yanka has more. The timely intervention by the Ghana National Fire Service helped prevent what could have possibly been another disaster as a portion of Wisdom Gas Station at Katamanso caught fire. After receiving a distress call around 5.54 a.m., the service dispatched its team at Katamanso, which is about two minutes' drive from the gas station, to bring the fire under control. Tema Regional Public Relations Officer of the Ghana National Fire Service, DO3 Ebenezer Yenzu, says, apart from the generator and discharge pump, which were on fire, the ties beneath the bulk exploded. According to him, it took the personnel well over 30 minutes to finally douse the fire. Um, the fire station is also just about two minutes drive from where the gas station is. And so we had to attend to the fire and also make sure that we dispatch other appliances as well to come and help us douse down the flame. Because when we came, we realized that the fire was around where the discharge pump is and also close to the... Um, the generator, where the generator room is, that place was so engulfed with fire. So we called for five, other, four other vehicles to come and assist those from Katamanso to attend to the situation. Currently, as we speak, the fire has been finally extinguished, and we had one casualty recorded, one male, um, about 27-year-old male, who is an attendant at the gas station, who got injured in the process because he was around when the fire started. DO3 Ebenezer assured that there is no danger at the moment as resumption of service will depend on owner of the gas station. He is, however, cautioning the public against rushing to fire scenes to cut glimpses over safety reasons. We would advise the general public to be very careful when such incidents occur. We all will want to take a, catch a glimpse of what is happening, but remember it is your life that is at stake. If you rush to the fire scene not knowing what exactly is burning, um, what dangers are awaiting you, you might end up losing your life. We've had countless of situations where people die when they um, rush to a fire scene. We did our best to drive them as far as the, the other side of the road. But what we are advising is that when such situations happen, we should try as much as possible to ensure that we don't come close to the scene because there could be a possible explosion. Should the tank have ruptured, all those around would have been in danger. So we, we played with the general public that when there's any fire situation like that, don't rush to the scene. If you call the fire service and we attend to the situation, just stay in your home or find a safe place and hide. Meanwhile, when John News approached owner of Wisdom Gas Station, he declined to comment. Kwame Yankesh reports for Joy News.
Let's live and join his desk. We'll take a break on return. We'll bring you business. earlier than I normally would that fateful Monday after work and to my surprise I saw my husband and my mother having sex in a living room I had always suspected my wife I felt she had something doing with my little brother and I walked into a room one day and there they were, making out. And this is my blood brother. A husband who is a banker will not have sex with me because I denied him my anus. Is he gay? I've been wondering. What is your story? What secret is eating you up? Why are you having continual sleepless nights? Do you need help? Share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on Prime Morning beginning this September. Drop your stories on our WhatsApp number 055-157-5757. Remember, a problem shared is a problem half solved and every problem has a solution. Hello, good morning. Welcome to the business segment on Join News Desk with me, Pius Kojo Baka. 
300 women across the country have graduated from the Sinapia Ba Women's Ministership Program aimed to promote entrepreneurship among women. Now, the small and medium business women um, were equipped and guided with corporate management skills for effective returns. Here's more. Addressing gender gaps in entrepreneurship demands concerted efforts from financial entities and society as a whole. Sinapiaba Savings and Loans Limited under its Sinapiaba Women Mentorship Program pitched informal sector women entrepreneurs from various business levels with professional mentors to network and share business knowledge. The six-month intensive free business peer coaching program aims to equip beneficiaries with skills and insight to manage and expand their businesses. Chief Programs Officer for Sinapia Savings and Loans, Joyce Ousidabo, is hopeful that mentorship will help women entrepreneurs grow their business potentials. We as an institution have realized that the women need other um, services in addition to the financial support that we give to them and that is building their capacities because most of these women are military, semi-literate and so they really need skills and knowledge to manage their businesses to take it to the next level. So Snapiaba in the course of his business come up with what we call the mentorship program, women mentorship program, but we do have some few men among them do. So this program aims to identify entrepreneurs with growth potentials for their businesses, to train them to acquire the needed skills and knowledge that they need to invest in their businesses, to grow their businesses and use their business as a conduit for employment for people in their community. Beneficiaries were taken through skill sets like bookkeeping, customer service relations, record keeping and budgeting. Some beneficiaries indicated the knowledge acquired will help boost their returns. How to detect thefts in business, how to grow your business, that is financially and um, numerically, that is um, depending on the kind of business that you are doing. And uh, there are a whole lot of things that we learned, but these are the two basic ones that I really learned. Initially, I was not keeping my books. So when the Snappy Abba came in, they encouraged me to keep my books, take details of everything I do in my business. So practically, I've been supplying people, I'm a caterer, but since I started calculating and keeping my books, I realized that all the deliveries that I was making, I was losing money in those deliveries. Now that I'm now, I've completed my mentorship, now I'm able to calculate my flour, my sugar, my margin, everything. Reporting for Joy News, Clinton, Yabua. Now, Casa Presco Company Limited has entered into the East African market with two flagship brands, Alumo Beaters and Alumo Gold. This is alongside Casa Presco London Dry Gin, Black Rock Whiskey, Carnival Strawberry and Kalahari Beaters. Speaking during the launch of the two products in Nairobi, Kenya, Ghana's High Commissioner to Kenya, Damte Bidiakwasari said the presence of Casapreco in the East African market will solidify um, trade partnerships between the East and West African markets. Here's more. 
The grand entry of Alomo Bites and Alomo Gold in East Africa have been made possible through Canary International Trading Company Limited, a subsidiary of Canary Group of Companies, a giant distributor of food and beverage products. Speaking at the launch of the two products in Kenya, Ghana's High Commissioner to Kenya, His Excellency Damte Bidiakun Asari said, the presence of Casapreco in the East African market will help harness the potential of AFTA. Today, we have further impetus to strengthen our cooperation by harnessing the potential of intra-African trade. The establishment of the African Continental Free Trade Area, whose Secretariat Ghana has the privilege to host, provides yet another incentive to strengthen economic cooperation, explore trade and investment opportunities in our two countries for accelerated growth, to improve the living standards of our people, and by extension, the entire continent. Deputy CEO of Ghana Export Promotion Authority, Samuel Dintu said, the bold step by Casapreco will go a long way to complement efforts of the authority to market Ghanaian products. We at Ghana Export Promotion Authority welcomes the initiative taken by Mr. Krab and his Canary team to market Casapreco brand in Kenya. Indeed, Casapreco is a big brand, Ghanaian brand, and Canary couldn't have chosen a better brand than Casapreco. Indeed, we recall vividly the joint action taken by Ghana Export Promotion Authority, the Association of Ghana Industry and Casapreco Company some two decades ago to aggressively market Alombo Bites in selected market in West Africa, which has resulted in the brand becoming a household name in Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Togo, Benin, Liberia, and a few countries in the sub-region. On his part, Deputy Managing Director of Casapreco, Grigory Russell Pitt, said they are poised to expand and grow both locally and internationally. We are the biggest drinks manufacturer in Ghana by both volume and, and revenue. And we are still a family-owned business. So people for us is very important. We have minimal expats in our business, and we believe in growing local people, growing local talent, and our MD is. And that's all for business for now. I am Pius Kojobaka. earlier than I normally would that fateful Monday after work and to my surprise I saw my husband and my mother having sex in our living room I had always suspected my wife I felt she had something doing with my little brother and I walked into a room one day and there they were, making out. And this is my blood brother. A husband who is a banker will not have sex with me because I denied him my anus. Is he gay? I've been wondering. What is your story? What secret is eating you up? Why are you having continual sleepless nights? Do you need help? 
Share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on Prime Morning beginning this September. Drop your stories on our WhatsApp number 055-157-5757. Remember, a problem shared is a problem half solved. And every problem has a solution. where the power distributor is highly indebted. A sinister syndicate lurks in the shadows as greed infiltrates the heart of Ghana's power supply. Join us on a riveting journey as we uncover the shocking truth behind ECG meter allocations. Corruption, deceit and betrayal. It's a tale that will leave you asking why. This thing is a big moral responsibility and values fight. About 1,500 residents, including women and children from 500 households, have been displaced with several public and private properties submerged by floodwaters in Bwipe in the central Gunja district of the Savannah region. The central Gunja office of the National Disaster Management Organization, NADMO, adds 239 and 230 adult males and females, including 300 48 and 427 boys and girls have also been forced out of their homes. Nadmo says three public and countless numbers of private toilets are submerged, posing possible health challenges. The food staff at homes, 50 acres of farms, and three private schools have also been overpowered by the flat waters. Isaac Nonya is our correspondent in that area. He's joined us uh, with more. Isaac, uh, what's the situation as we speak? Hello, Isaac. Currently, yes. 
at the moment, the entire area is flooded, and many of those who are affected have been asked to move to higher heights. I will speak, not more was able to move. And with the Red Garret Society, who have moved up there to be able to relocate with their family. We also have the sanitary situation in the area where a good number of public and private toilets have been submerged. And then if water that they're managing over there, which is from the, directly from the black water, is also flooded with feces and what of you. So those even along the riverbanks who are mostly farmers can no longer uh, able to trace their cross. And now remember this is the, the harvesting season. We can talk about the tubers, groundnut, and what have you. So the few who were able to manage the district capital are those that are being housed around the RA primary school, and then the rest who are still there trying to harvest their groundnut are those that are most trying to trace and to bring that out from their localities. So what what is the uh, the uh, regional minister and the uh, district security executive telling you? Yes, as we speak, the DASEC is in the meeting. We are told the regional minister, he spoke to me this morning, saying that he, together with the partners, have advised all residents in the localities to move to the designated areas that the NADMO has located for them while they work to get the situation resolved. He also uh, pointed out that the issue about weed dam and the blood volta, they are going to address it holistically going forward, so that they will not experience this in this time. Remember the weed dam runs through, shares the black volta, while the Kosovo dam also shares that of the white, the white volta, around Yape and then this one at Bupe. So the residents are saying that if the water is coming this way, means it's not from rain, it's not really from rainfall, but rather from the, directly from the weed dam. We also have Nadmo also thinking that if Buidam has come forward like they suggested from the beginning, they would have sat down and educated people stay along the riverbanks so that they will move to higher height before they will spill the dam. But that was not done. And I think that is causing the situation I will see. Mm. This year's spillage has affected more communities compared to last year. We know that last year four communities were affected, but this year... Uh, it's gone up to seven. What could be accounting for this? It is that the no, the, the few rainfall that experienced this year has also contributed to the water that was spilled from the weed dam. Well, if you listen to Nanbo, Isaac Nonya is our correspondent. Um, bringing us updates on that story from the Gunja district. He says that the spillage of the Bui Dam has affected seven communities and 1,500 residents have been displaced. We'll get him in our subsequent bulletins to tell us more about what has happened to those uh, residents in those communities and what relief NAPMO has been able to give to those people. Let's take a break on joining his desk. We'll bring you more.
We'll have to wrap up here. My name is Aisha Ibrahim. Log on to myjohnline.com for more of the news and updates of all the developing stories, including flood from Buidam spillage leaves 1,500 residents displaced in Buipek. Nearly 2.4 million Ghanaians could be suffering mental illnesses. And building contractor accused of defiling his stepdaughter freed. We also have Occupy Jolobi. I am here for Ghanaians, not NPP or NDC. That's according to musician Stone Boy. Get on there. There are more of the stories. See you again at 12.